Hey there, <laughs> welcome to another episode of Lakeside. I'm your host, Daniel Stombaugh, and I'm glad you're here with me today. We are going to have a transformational day today. We're going to take the next few minutes and talk about our identity in Christ, that is who we are in Him and who we are to Him. And this is powerful because identity brings purpose. Let's get started. episode number 37 today, and we're going through Song of Solomon, and we're actually just started into chapter number four. And a lot of people don't read the Song of Solomon because Song of Solomon is a book that people don't understand. But tucked away within eight chapters of the Song of Solomon is the very heartbeat of God. Um, Song of Solomon, the book of it, covers the stories and the analogies and the symbolism, covers uh, every major part of the story of God's relationship with us. And I think it's pretty cool the way that you have the king who pictures God and you have us who, we are a picture of the bride, or the bride is a picture of us, rather, I should say. And so it's neat to see that analogy. And a lot of people sometimes struggle with that, especially men. They'll say, well, I don't really, uh, I have a hard time uh, identifying as a bride. <laughs> and I get that. But the truth is, it, you break it down to even, let's go even simpler than that. It's, it's the pursued and the pursuer. That's really what it is. God is the pursuer and we are the pursued. In the relationship, we are always the pursued by the pursuer, which is God. And so as we take that mindset in it and you jump into it, what the very first thing you'll understand is that this love that's being offered by the groom to the bride is completely unmerited and unwarranted uh, by the bride herself. She can't do anything to earn it. She can't do anything to pull that from him. That is something that's willingly given to her by the king. And so when it comes time for us and God, a lot of us, it that's the, that's the offense of the gospel in many cases for us is not so for those of you who are, who have been in a relationship with Christ for a long time, uh, what the offensiveness of the gospel is not the fact that Jesus died for you, right? The offensiveness of the gospel is the fact that there's nothing you can do to earn it. Like there's nothing you and I can do that would bring value to us. And there's nothing you and I can do, um, to make God uh, glad that he loved us, other than the fact that God just is glad he loved us because it was God giving that or extending that love to us based upon who he is. We are not loved because of who we are. We're loved because of whose we are. And so when you see this value displayed by the king uh, for her, it's just, it's awesome because it just, it throws you and I into this realm where we have to accept the fact that God doesn't ask us to understand his love or the depth of it for us. He asks us simply to accept it. And so she is in this process of accepting. And we have watched her. If you've been with me from the start of these podcasts, going all the way back to uh, chapter number one and verse number one, if you've been with me through this time, what you've seen is this transformation take place. It is a powerful look at the Christian life where we start out with God and the very first thing she did was say, I don't belong here. And she began to list all the different reasons why she did not uh, belong as the bride. She didn't belong in the palace. She didn't belong with the title of royalty. She didn't belong to be or deserve to be uh, the object of the king's affection. And the fact is the king moment by moment by moment by moment, wound by wound, he went through her life and began to restore and began to speak into those wounds and began to speak healing into her heart uh, and assuring her that you are exactly who I want, who I need you to be. And there's nothing about you that I want changed because your value to me is extended to you because of who I am. And, and, and over and over and over again, and what we're about to read, you know, they're, they're going to be, you're going to see a conversation taking place between her and 
the, 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 the king, rather. So you're going to see this conversation. Remember, you have this conversation. It's that perfect relationship is a circle. It's communication, expression, and rest. And so we're about ready to see that in chapter number four. is exciting because it kicks off this little back and forth banter between the two of them. And in that, in the words that are said, there's so much depth and so much beauty and so uh, such a powerful message for you and I. And so it's chapter number four in verse number one. We're going to get right into it. And he's speaking to her and he says this, and I love it. I love it. Um, I love the King James. I love the way it's written. It's just very romantic. That whole language, the way people spoke uh, in that time frame, 1611, is very beautiful. Uh, there's so much in here. And when, when I began to read the Song of Solomon for the first time, when God directed my heart there and said, you want to know how you can find intimacy? You want intimacy in your life, Daniel? Uh, you're not going to find it uh, except through me. You find your value in me and not in another person. You find your value in my heart for you and not someone else's heart for you because people are going to let you down every single day. People are going to let you down. If you put all of your hope in a, in a person, in a body, like saying, hey, this person is going to complete me. It sounds so great to say, this person completes me. The truth is, it's a very dangerous thing to say because what you're doing is you're asking someone to be God. You're asking them to fill a hole in your heart. Well, I know they're not God, Daniel. I know they're not God. No, do you? <laughs> because when we go to someone and we put all of our happiness dependent upon how that person responds to us and how that person treats us, you know, there's that song, sometimes I'm happy, sometimes I'm blue. My disposition depends on you. You hear those types of songs and it's like, ah, and a lot of the love songs you hear, <laughs> just the, the movies that you see, uh, man, it's really just like this one person out there's going to make you completely happy as a person. And while you are going to find relationships that, that, that please you and relationships that add to you and strengthen you and build you in your purpose, you're also going to find uh, the fact that relationships, if you put, I don't care who the person is, I don't care how beautiful they are, how handsome they are, if you put all of your hope and trust in that person, to make you complete making statements like you know i i couldn't live without you you can't i can't go on without you really yeah you can uh the titanic the story of the titanic proved that the lady went on she threw the heart of the ocean in the water you know the whole thing so we're in song of solomon chapter four and verse number one here it says behold thou art fair and he didn't just say you're fair and call her name and by the way, not fair. He didn't mean like she doesn't cheat at go fish, you know, <laughs> when they sit there at night playing go fish with each other. He didn't say she, she's honest. He just said you're fair. He's talking about her face and the way that her complexion was and her skin was. He said you're fair. And fair was just a, another word for beautiful. He said you are beautiful. And then he moves right on and just like to, to bring it right home, to make it personalized with her. He wants to explain something else to her. He says, behold, thou art fair, my love. I love that. Like he didn't just throw her name out there. He just he gave her this name. This he changed her name. He said, "Look to everyone else, you may be this girl. To everyone else, you may be this this name. But to me, I've given you a new name." And I'm reminded in Revelations chapter 17, where the Bible says that Jesus, that God gives us a new name in heaven. Like it's a new name. People on earth call me Daniel, and my name has meaning. It has purpose, and it's part of who I am. It's part of uh, the me that's here. It's it's this person that says to say, um, "You are Daniel." Your purpose is, is tied up in your name. But in heaven, you have a new name. You have a new purpose. It says, that thou art fair, my love. Behold, thou art fair. In other words, he's saying, look at yourself. Man, I wish you could see you. I wish you could see you the way that I see you. You're, you're beautiful, my love. You're beautiful. Then he moves farther than that. He says, thou hast dove's eyes within thy locks. Now, biologically, a dove can only look at one object at a time. You can only focus on one object. And he was saying, your eyes are focused on me. And whenever I'm in the room, I don't think, it, don't think that I don't notice you <laughs> watching me. Whenever I move in the room, he knew where her eyes were. 
like he knew two things. Solomon knew where his bride was, and he knew her, where her eyes were. Her eyes were on him. And he said, you have dove's eyes within thy locks. The dove is very peaceful, and it's very uh, gentle. And he said, it's very flighty as well. And he said, look, you have the eyes of someone who's trained on me. You're, you're watching me, and it matters to me. It matters to God where we put our eyes. Remember Peter, when he walked in the water, he, he was focused on Christ. He was able to walk on the water. It matters to God where we put our eyes. David said, I lift up my eyes into the hills, for whence cometh my help? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. It matters to God where we put our eyes because our eyes are designed to take in uh, things that we need to know, we desire to know more about and are designed to turn away from things that we don't have a desire to learn about. You see a car wreck, and the first thing we do is look away. Ah, oh, I don't want to see that. Why? You see a starving child on the on the um, infomercials on TV, the, the, the commercials or the missionary slideshows or what have you. You see people in suffering and in pain, and we look down, we look away. Why is that? Because we don't want to take that in. Because uh, to, to see something, knowledge brings a level of responsibility, and we I don't want to see that. But we do want to take in more things we want to learn about. I will look at things. He said, look, I know that you look at me. It matters to me where you put your eyes. And he moves on past that. He says, the hair is as a flock of goats that appear from the mouth of Gilead. And Solomon is romancing his bride's heart by describing qualities about her that capture his attention. Now, a whole lot is said here, and a whole lot is, is implied here by this little statement. And the very first thing, most people, honestly, I remember even having the conversation with someone. Someone, I was, we were talking about Song of Solomon. said, you wrote a book about Song of Solomon? I said, yeah, it's an incredible book. And I said, man, what do you do with that hair? Your hair's like goat stuff. You know, <laughs> it's like, well, there's a lot of, there's a lot to that. And I would explain it to you, but I don't even know that you're going to get it. So let's just, I'll just patch in the arm and go right on, dude, uh, because I don't think you're going to get it. But, you know, Solomon was ever seeking ways to speak love and affirmation in the heart of his bride. You know, he was not just interested in taking a wife for the sake of having a wife. He wasn't just trying to say, okay, this is what's next in my life. I'm supposed to have a wife, and I'm supposed to have kids, and I'm supposed to work a job for 40 years, and I'm supposed to retire, I'm supposed to want to fish, I'm supposed to love playing golf. Um, I'm supposed to, you know, all of this different stuff. He just said, no, I'm not interested in just taking a wife to have a wife. He was interested in giving everything that he was to her. And through that gift, he was interested in repairing her hope and belief in her own purpose. You know, the day that Solomon met her out in the valley, outside of her home, and she was dirty, she had dirt all over her face, and her, her feet were cut up and bleeding. She was washing her feet in the, in the valley, in the river there when she met him. And when he talked to her and he spoke to her, she, she was shy, she had been hurt. He could tell she was, had very low self-esteem. But there's qualities about her that just jumped, like they just jumped out of her. You ever talk to someone and you knew when you're talking to them, this per there's more to this person than what the rest of the world has seen up to this point. Like I'm looking in their eyes and I see something in them that stands out. And it's like, maybe it's your child. You talk to your child, like, man, my child. And I'm not just saying this as a parent because I'm supposed to be biased. I'm just saying because I want when I talk to this kid. Like there's something about them that is magnetic and it's strong and they have a purpose and the world is going to try to beat that out of them, but it is going to stand up because God put a king inside of this boy's chest or God put a queen inside of this girl's heart and the world's going to try to silence that and Satan's going to try to kill that, knock that off course and try to, to hide that away in a valley or in a cave somewhere. But the fact is that God made them great and there's people in my life that I'll speak with and as I talk to them, the things that they may say, their mannerisms, even their body language contradicts every 
everything that that I would think about this. But man, as you talk to him, it's like there's greatness in this person and there's a sharpness about this person. There's a level of this person. And when the circumstances are just right, when God brings things into position in their life in just such a way, when the when the cards fall in the right place, when the right person comes along, when all of a sudden that moment clicks in that moment in time that says, here's your opportunity, they are going to explode. They're going to soar and they're going to go light years past everything that the, the cynics thought that they would do and everything that the voices in their life that try to put them down thought they would do. There's something beating within this person. It's called purpose. And the king saw it in that shepherd girl when he was in disguise. He said, I see there's purpose in her. And he fell in love with her and he fell in love with her purpose. And he says, wherever you're going, he says, man, I'm going to be the one that's going to help you get there. There's people in my life that, I, that have helped me with certain things. And they said, look, I just, I, I want to be part of your story. I'm doing podcasts today and I'm recording this with a microphone that one of the readers uh, that, that read the book Solomon's Song, they were passing through Mobile and said, can I have lunch with you? We sat down and said, what's next? And I said, man, I'm do- this and this and this is rolling. They said, do you, have you done this in audio yet? And I said, well, not yet. I was thinking about doing a podcast. They said, well, listen, uh, when, here's the kind of microphone you need to get. I said, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll look that down. I'm writing it up thinking to myself, I don't have the cash for that, <laughs> you know? They pulled it up on their phone and said, this is the one right now. This is the, the whole setup that you need. And I said, awesome. I said, what's your address? And they just sent it. And they said, I want to be part of your story. Be part of this thing that you're doing. Be part of this purpose. May never get recognized, but I want to know in my heart that I helped you in your purpose. There are going to be people that you're going to see that God's going to stir your heart. You're going to say, I want to be part of this person's purpose. And the king looked at her and they wanted to be part of that purpose within her. And he started with the names that she went by in life because names we outwardly answer to and adopt often set the tone for the inside condition of our soul. And man, let me just say that again. The names that we uh, outwardly answer to and adopt often set the tone for the inside condition of our soul. And the names that you have taken in your life that you choose to operate by and that you choose to accept. Man, my name is Dan. I, Daniel, I went by Dan my whole life. And you know, I used to struggle with being uh, cynical. I used to struggle with being extremely judgmental of people and their motives. And, and just, it was a hard thing. I say, God, help me not to be so critical. Help me not be so sarcastic. And, and man, really break that in me. And God said, what is your name? I said, my name's Dan. He says, no, Dan means judge. Danielle means God is judged. God is judge. If you want me to be the judge instead of you, then you put that in your name. Every time you put, man, I wanted to go back through my books, everything I've written before, I did change it to Daniel, right? Because I said, I want to change my name to be Daniel because that's a name that I'm operating by. And it's setting a tone for a condition of my heart. It sounds simple, but it's it's powerful. And the fact is that the day changed when I started going by Daniel. The day changed in my life uh, with the way that I responded to people and my motives have, have drastically changed. It's not the struggle anymore of me trying to be the judge. It's God's the judge. God's purpose, not his fairness, dictate the circumstances of our life. That is my life message. Daniel is my name. And I walk in that. But the first thing the king did was he started addressing her name. And let me just say, your name has power and your name has potential. Maybe it's a first name or a middle name, but it plies into your message. You could have been given any name, but you were given the name that you were given for a direct reason. What is it? What names do you answer to? Do you answer to the name bum? Do you answer to the name liar? Do you answer to the name cheat, sneak, thief? What do you answer to? I'm just, I'm just, I'm just really bad at that. I'm a loser at that, man. I really, I I suck at this. Really? Are you answering to those things? Because the names that you go by in life, they set the tone 
with the inside conditions of our soul. And sometimes this is hard because we have names put on us as starting out from the time we start breathing our first breath, when that first, that king stands up inside our heart, we have those names that, that are applied to us. And if we're not careful, we adopt those names as truth. And someone said, you'll never be any good. Or, you know what, you're always going to mess up with this. Or, you know what, you'll never do this. Or, you'll never do that. And we start taking those names of failure, 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 loser, loser. We start taking those names in. I remember talking to a grown man one time, said, hey man, how you doing? And he says, why would you ask a loser how he's doing? That was his legitimate answer. I didn't know what to say. I said, well, I've already talked to all the winners today. I'm just coming full circle. <laughs> no, no. Man, the man had taken that name and he lived in it. And it reflected in his soul, his mind, his will, and his emotions. That's what your soul is. So notice the names of affection that God has for you. And that's the message of this. I read this. It just fires me up. He says, you're fair. You're beautiful. My love. He changed your name all around. He says, look, this is your name in me. The names of affection God has for you. You want to know what those are? I'm going to tell you. And if you want, if you really want to soak this into your soul, I give you some homework right now. You get a pen and paper and you write these down. You go back and listen to this part again. You write these down. You write them in mirror on your mirror and lipstick and your bathroom mirror. You put these on a three or five card. You put these in the dashboard of your car. You put these up at the pegboard at your office. You write these names down because these are how God says this is who you are. He calls you beautiful. I didn't ask you if you felt beautiful. You may look in the mirror and say, this is the farthest thing from beautiful I've ever seen in my life. God says, you are beautiful. You know, there are the people that say, would say, Daniel, no one has ever called me beautiful in my entire life. Like I've really wanted someone to call me that. But no one's ever called me that before. You know, if you have people calling you beautiful a lot, then you take that for granted. But the fact is there are people who have never heard one time. They've heard they're ugly. They've heard they're fat. They've heard they're gross. But to have, have someone call you beautiful, I don't care what name you've answered to today. As you listen to this cast, I, I don't care what names you go by. But you better get for, get get those right. Get the names that God calls you right. Let the people around you and relationships that you've had and, and family members you've had, let those people call you the names that they're going to call you because they're not going to stop. That's always going to be who they are. You know, you can't change that. But the fact is that, you know, when you look at those relationships in your life, understand this, that God calls you beautiful. God calls you righteous. You see, Daniel, I'm anything but righteous. I, I'm nothing. I'm not. I'm. I'm nothing but right. I'm not righteous at all. I, I know me. I do this. I do that. And and I've been called a pervert. I've been called a, a, a trash. I've been called a slut. I've been called all of these different names. And righteous has never been on the calling list for me. And understand this: that God says, "I've given you the name righteous. It's not what you feel. You go by what the Word reveals." He said, "I called you righteous. I've called you holy." God calls you holy. I've been in places where people say, be holy as I am holy, thus saith the Lord. Well, you know what? All of that, Jesus came to tell me I couldn't be holy like he was holy. Jesus came to say, listen, I'm here because you can't do this and I'm going to make you holy and I'm going to take your name tag that says Daniel and I'm going to cross that out. I'm just going to put holy because that's what you are. I've made you everything that I am. I have made you holy. I put on his righteousness. Isaiah said, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. It's those things that you put on 
on and you say, I'm going to adopt this truth and I'm going to live from the fact that I'm loved and not for the fact that I'm loved. I'm going to live from the fact that I'm holy. I'm not going to live for the fact that I want to be holy. I'm going to live from the fact that he has made me beautiful. God made you beautiful. He changed your name in him. He's healed your innermost wounds. You are a vessel of peace and beauty through him. You can't see yourself with a different perspective unless you look at you through the lens of how God has seen you. You cannot see yourself with a different perspective unless you look at you through the lens of how God sees you. I challenge you to find out the names that God calls you now through him. What names did you answer before you were brought into a relationship with the king? How do the names he now calls you cause you to feel? Those names that he calls you, how does that cause you to feel to think about that? Man, this is awesome. I love, love, love this passage. I love the fact that he calls her these names and it speaks volumes about how God calls me and it causes me to sit there and say, if, if he could call her my love <laughs> instead of her name, and every time he talked to her, it was something different. You know, like, hey, hey, pretty, hey, my pet. You know, he called her all these different names. It's like, there's something to this. What names does God call me? I challenge you to examine those. I can't wait to hear from you. And by the way, if you hear something, man, something stirs your heart, man, give me a comment back. I love feedback. I love interaction. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, if you go to danielstonball.com, there's a whole contact me uh, page on there. Click that tab and shoot me an email. Just let me know, hey, this is speaking to me and I enjoy that. Or if you have a question about the Song of Solomon, give me, shoot that to me and I'll be more than happy to answer those as we go into future podcasts down the road. Uh, about the Song of Solomon, and we'll roll in that. If you've not yet read Solomon's Song, the book, it's a 90-day devotional that God let me write, and it's going through everything we're talking about now is actually in that book. So if you've not read that book, I encourage you to jump online. You can find it on Amazon, or you can go to the website, danielstonball.com, and you can get it there. And there's a couple other books that are on there as well that God's given me the privilege to be able to put down to paper, and I'm excited about those. And there's a, some upcoming projects that are dealing with Song of Solomon that, man, I can't wait for you to see these, and they're going to be rolling out as the days go forward. If you're on the podcast, thank you so much. First time on here. Thank you for listening and for spending the time with me today. And you can click subscribe and follow. And I would love that. And I would uh, look forward to being able to further add input and perspective into your life as we go along and strengthen your hope and belief. That's my privilege. And that's my prayer. So I hope you have a fantastic day. Have the greatest day of your life today. Make sure you give away your smile. Your smile is, in fact, your source. It's one of the greatest ways we can give away God is to give away our smile. Hope you have a fantastic day today, and I will see you next time. God bless you.